We mean that. Thank you. Got good people here. Amen. How about Elder Reese facilitating worship tonight? The role of a, you know, that's what ministers, deacons, and elders do. I'm looking forward to Antoine tomorrow night. Amen. Facilitating worship and Brother Melvin. How about our men's leader, Elder Melvin? Amen. Doing a dynamic job with coffee and the Bible and all those kinds of things. Amen. Let's go to Luke 2 and 49. Let's preach the theme, but let's go to another verse. Amen. Thank you, moms, for having the young men here tonight. I love you guys. I'm so proud of you, my uh, teenagers and college students. I'm so glad to see you all on the front row uh, because this is going to bless you guys big time tonight. And I really do thank my parents for having them here tonight. And thank you, ladies, for supporting us. Luke 2 and 49. This is a men's conference, but how many of you know we need our ladies? I don't even want to go on a retreat for two weeks with just men. Amen. My maximum for something like that is two days, Sean. About two days, I won't look at brothers beyond that. Amen. That's my college buddy right there. Sean, will you stand up? Me and Dave went to college with Sean. I was so glad to see him here on Sunday. Amen. Y'all give him a hand clap. I, and I tell you, Sean was always a good guy. Amen. He was. And it's so good to have you, Sean. Uh, here again tonight. All right. Luke 2 and 49. He said to them, why did you seek me? In other words, Jesus said, y'all are getting on my nerves looking for me. That's basically what this text means. And y'all, he's talking to his mom like that. And he's still a young child, right? So you just paint the picture, you know. A uh, good pastor friend of mine said, yeah, Jesus probably should have got a beating right here, you know. Because he's telling his mother, what are you doing looking for me? Amen. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I'm in the temple learning. I'm getting all I can. Y'all, I got work to do. How many of you know when you're being productive, you can't be slowed down? Amen. When you're in that productive mode, it's a difference from when you are on vacation without an agenda, Shantae. When you are in mom productivity, it's kind of like laser-like focus. That's how I was today. I had so many agenda items, and I just kind of needed to go, 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 go. No phone conversation could go over six minutes. You know, you just really needed to get in the trenches because you had one meeting behind the next. Amen. I must be about my father's business. How many are you ready to be about some business in here? All right. That's the theme. I'm sure my brother and the Lord will do a good job with it tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to him. I'm going to talk more about it today as well. Let's go to Romans, though, 5 and 12. <clears throat> Got to be about business. Amen. And that's what we're talking about this whole week. Men doing what? Taking care of business. Let's go to Romans 5 and 12, though, and I want to give you a more pointed theme tonight and, uh, and verse. Romans 5 and 12. Therefore, just as through, everybody shout, one man. One man. Now, now, this is really good. Romans 5 and 12, y'all. Just as through one man, sin entered the world. How did sin get into the world? Not two men, not a partnership. Amen. Somebody say it only took one. Yeah. Just by one man, literally man gender speaking in this text. Some scripture verses are not gender specific. This one is. Wasn't a woman. Amen. How many you know it wasn't Eve's fault? Amen. That woman that you gave me. Right. And that all the excuses he started to make it. No, brother, it falls back on you. Amen. By one man, sin entered the world, and then as a result of sin, death through sin, 
And thus death spread to all men because all did what? Sinned. Amen. That is a all encompassing verse. That means everybody in this room has sinned before. Amen. But as a result, death spread, all kinds of things happening. How about every uh, disease, sexually transmitted disease, if you will? Uh, in most cases, the genesis, not most cases, all cases, the genesis of them is sin. Amen. Uh, codes came from sin, pestilence, micro germs and bugs. All that stuff came from sin. You know, fruit didn't used to spoil in the days of Adam and Eve. Did you know that? No, nothing spoiled, y'all. Everything was perfect. In fact, hurricanes, amen, weren't a problem. But sin, there were no earthquakes. Sin gave birth to earthquakes, church. Seriously. In fact, if you really get this revelation, um, you understand that some of those quote-unquote storms, they were actually useful in translating and vaporizing and evaporating water and all those kinds of good things. They, they were useful, uh, amen, for the ecosystem in Adam's time. But sin, you know, turned Katrina on <laughs> and makes it destroy the, one of the most sinful cities. Are you getting this, church? Yeah, sin, sin does that. Sin causes great shootings in places like Las Vegas and, and on and on and on. So uh, sin, sin makes you sick. Sin makes your back ache. Uh, you, you, Adam's back didn't ache. Amen. When he was tilling the garden, get that revelation. Isn't that something? No muscle pain. You, do you realize there were animals walking with Adam? He named them all. So that means like a lion come walking through the garden like, what's up? Do that today. Because you know what? Read your Bible. Isaiah chapter 11, sin made that lion bloodthirsty. But the Bible says during the millennial reign, the time is going to come where a lamb will lay down with a lion. Read that whole text where babies can play with snakes. Play with one now. Sin made a snake like that. Sin did all these kinds of things. Did you know that all these creatures, now of course a snake got cursed, went from four legs to slivering on its belly, but all these creatures were God-ordained creatures, y'all. God, God put them all in the earth realm, even the cycle of life, the cycle of water, all those kinds of things were functioning the way they were supposed to function. Amen. Animals didn't need to really eat other animals. Amen. They were grass-fed, but sin instituted a whole lot of things because of how many men? Oh, this is good stuff tonight. But just because of one man, amen, sin spread. Now go down to verse number 17. This is going to bless you. Amen. Can we take our time and study the Bible? For if by how many man's offense? If by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Somebody say, that's me will reign in life through how many men? One man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Therefore, verse 18, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Thank you, Adam. Resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's, capital M, Jesus. One man's righteous act, the free gift. Somebody thank God for Ephesians 2 and 8, that we don't have to work for his grace anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, that's good news. 
Don't got to send a priest then to atone for me twice a year. Hallelujah. Don't have to do certain other things to be righteous. Adam, uh, Abraham rather, got imputed righteousness, but the blood of Jesus makes me righteous all the time. Glory to God. That is so relieving. So by one man's offense, judgment came resulting in condemnation. Amen. But um, through one man's righteous act, free gift came to all men, resulting in what? Justification of life. Now, verse 19 is my last verse, and we're going to talk this thing up. You're going to enjoy yourself tonight. For as by how many man's disobedience? One man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. He went to the cross, y'all. He obeyed the cross. He obeyed his dad's instructions. Hebrews 12, for the joy that was set before him. Amen. He despised the shame. He went on through with it. Thank you, Lord. And you know that he had to be obedient because if you look at his words, he said, I could have called on a fleet of angels to get me out of this at any point, which means that Jesus could have quit theoretically and still been the son of God. But he was so obedient, the Bible says, even unto the cross. That he went on ahead and was afflicted for us. Hallelujah. One man's obedience, many, which includes Gabe Rogers, will be made what, church? So you may have guessed what we're going to talk about tonight. All those one man's in the text. Look at your neighbor and say, tonight, we're talking about one man. And for clarity's sake, I want to talk from the theme, what one man can do. What one man can do. Amen. Good to see my brother from the shopping mall back there. God bless you. I remember you. Amen. How you know God gives the increase? Amen. People come if you invite them. What one man can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Since the beginning of time, one man has been able to have tremendous impact on society as a whole. And I really want you to hear this. I'll give you a few examples. One man, Adam, gave birth to mankind. How many men? One. No, Eve came second through surgery. But one man. Amen. There is, by the way, not multiple races. There's only one race. That is the human race. And we're all spinoffs from the human race. Amen. Which leaves no room for any of us to be racist. <laughs> because the truth is, we're all of the same breed. Amen. That's good stuff. So Adam gave birth to mankind. Watch this, y'all. One man, we're not going to do a lot of these. One man, biblically, Moses led three million people out of Egypt. Y'all, one man. Somebody shout one man. One man. one man led Israel into the promised land. His name was Joshua. Conquested the promised land. In fact, kind of like KCC, the Bible says the Lord raised him up before the people. His signs, wonders, and miracles caused the people to desire to follow him. And they were able to go forth, build churches, build homes. Come on, somebody, for unwed moms. They were able to conquest the land. But who did God do it through? One man. Let's make it more contemporary. 
in many other sectors. How many of you know, and I know some of this is subject to, to some discussion, in many cases there were two men with some of these corporations, but the truth be told, the Microsoft concept, better stated the PC concept, personal computer concept, started with one man by the name of Bill Gates. Bill Gates made up in his mind way, way back in the 60s, 70s and, and coming up, 80s, that he was going to have a PC in every household. How many of you know he just about accomplished his goal? Some $70 billion later. Amen. Everybody shout one man. Oh, this one blessed me real good. One man threw a peanut. George Washington Carver. Sometimes I like to look in my own history a little bit. Brother George down there, Tuskegee Institute, Institute from a peanut, y'all. One man made multiple inventions ranging from laundry soap to dyes to medicines to paints and stains. And y'all, all of this came from one man. Are you catching on to this tonight? And I want all the brothers specifically tonight to look around. And ladies, you are not excluded because the one man I'm referring to does, is not gender specific. You can do amazing things tonight. This just happens to be the men's conference. And brothers, I want you to look around and understand that you are looking at uh, future geniuses, man. Future famous, solid brothers that's going to turn this world upside down. You know, I heard a CrossFit, but, you know, I, 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 no competition. But, but I believe that there's still one man left in personal training that has some concepts that nobody heard about yet. You know, I've heard of FedEx and UPS, but there, there's one man, oh, y'all are getting this thing, that founded this company along with his sweet wife, a man called Kingdom Logistics. Woo, Jesus. Man, y'all got me getting happy early. One man. Oh, my God, I can go to this side. You know, I've heard of all kinds of corporate CEOs and, and all kinds of controllers of major organizations. But there's one man who's a son out of Kingdom Christian Church who somehow, someway, I just believe one day he's going to have his initials at the bottom of a pool. I just think that's going to happen. Oh, let me leave my college student out. I, you know, I've heard of cybersecurity. I think Norton has done a good job. But there's one young man that went to good old UNCC, and his school was prophetic because he's a 49er. He goes after gold, and I believe that this young man, through the reins of KCC, is going to be raised up and come up with a concept in cybersecurity that's going to turn this world upside down. Y'all, it all starts with, you know, Jameson, one man can go from the reins of the grill to CEO. One man. I know that's true because I met that man. I, I met the former and had good dialogues with the former CEO of McDonald's. I said, man, give me some feedback. How'd you do it? How'd you get your start? Good guy. Happened to be African-American, brother. We had a wonderful uh, talk together, eating, all that kind of good stuff. He said, you know what I did? He said, I just I decided to work diligently. And he said, I started out on the grill. And I was mopping floors, and I was just doing my part. Amen. I was working hard. And no great credentials, just a college degree, you know, no, no big masters or, or anything else behind his name. Just, a, you know, average school. And, but I just worked diligently over time. And, and before you know it, I just started getting elevated. Never undermine 
what can happen to your life if you put it in God's hands. Two fish and five loaves, come on somebody, is multiplied because it's put in the master's hand. So how you treat that grill, how, how you treat what you do, how, how you treat being a janitor, can I build my brothers up, how, how you treat working in education, you know, how you treat those things that God has placed in your hand, understand that God is always watching. And if he can trust you, <laughs> good God Almighty, it doesn't matter what other people think, you will ultimately end up being that one man in your purpose and in God's plan for your life that is able to revolutionize a whole industry. Let me give you a purpose hint, and this is good for my young brothers in here tonight. Understand that all of us are meant to own a mountain. Caleb said, give me this mountain. Give me my piece of the land. And I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I understood long ago uh, as the Lord introduced me and put me on major boards in the state of North Carolina. One of my major past purposes was to own the mountain of counseling in psychology. And I did. Hallelujah. I did to the glory of God. That was my area. That, that was what God had called me to do. And I did that in its time and season. Then I understand as a pastor doing this thing and creating a church, amen, that can minister to the total man. How many of you know you just can't be preached to on Sunday morning? Amen. But when one of my sweet members loses a loved one, they may need grief counseling. Amen. They may need this. They may need resources. They may need other things. Well, well, I understand that now my mountain is to own human services. Are you getting this in Jesus name and become the model for what effective somebody say not just ministry. What effective glory to God ministry looks like. And I'm telling you up to this point, we are batting a thousand. We got a 99% no divorce rate at this church. I wish somebody would shout hallelujah. I see all my young men sitting on the front row and they're not chewing gum, kick back. They got notebooks in their hand. Thank you, youth leaders. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, I see husbands sitting next to their wives and actually liking it. Somebody shout hallelujah. I see a slew of musicians. Thank you, Paul. That's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And doing some things for the kingdom of God and not playing in the clubs because after all, we don't need that. Somebody shout hallelujah. So what one man can do can revolutionize a community in a positive way. See, I recognize, and see, you understand, I'm a, I'm, I'm a black man, if you hadn't noticed, um, but I, I recognize that it is critical for me, uh, especially in this hour, to raise up a standard, because when I look at our icons, we don't have anybody to look up to. We just don't. I understand being on television and have this widespread audience when people Google me and people go to my, my websites and all these kinds of things. They got to be able to look up there and see a scandal-free, hallelujah, man of God that's doing it God's way. Amen. Thank you for the offering, but with no motives attached, only to glorify God, that God might get all the glory out of everything we do. But everybody shout, one man. 
Oh, I was in the barbershop today, amen, and they say the barbershop is our country club, amen. And I didn't know all the brothers in that barbershop, but man, old Steve Harvey having to be on the TV. My God, the creator uh, of, uh, of these books and things that teach a single woman to, to wait 90 days before she has sex, amen, with a man, the 90-day rule. How many you know the devil is a liar? And, uh, and we were in there, and, and I got to give Mr. Harvey credit this time because they were talking about should people live together before marriage. And he had special guests on his show, amen, and this was in the barbershop. I don't watch this show at home, but, you know, and I got a good barber for the record. He streams in, so there's no hit on you, sir. Uh, but to, the shop TV had it on there, and actually, I think it was a kingdom moment because it became a discussion point. And so he said, should a man and a woman live together? And he had people on the show saying, absolutely. I think you need to get to know each other. How many of you know that's the Babylonian way? Amen. Amen. How many of you know we got to test drive it first? How many of you know that's the Babylonian way? Amen. Amen. They started saying comments like that. But then Mr. Harvey, to his credit, and I don't endorse him and recommend you listen to his advice. Amen. But this more so he was accurate on. He said, I got to tell you, I don't agree with it. Amen. And, 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 and thank you, Mr. Harvey, because his next comment was, I've been married three times. Now, let me pause parenthetically right there and help somebody out in here by which Steve Harvey is your main source of counsel. I know he can be kind of funny, even though I think he has some lewd jokes on his TV shows. So I don't watch those either. But uh, how about if they've been married Three times, no offense to anybody in here who's divorced and remarried, amen, God can do a new thing in you, but how about in such case, they no longer need to be your main source of information on how you do your marriage. Are you getting this, church? Are you catching up with me? But that's not my main point. So we went into this thing, and uh, one of the brothers said, yeah, yeah, you know. And first, I was, y'all, I just wanted to get a shave. I don't, I don't want to talk. And, and I literally said to God, I said, Lord, if you want me to answer any of these questions that these men are talking about, just have them ask me. But I don't feel like talking right now, Lord. I just want to relax. I do, God. I just want to relax. I just want to get a razor on my beard. I want to get a taper, and I want to go to church. That's all I want to do. I got some means now. I don't feel like talking about this stuff. Amen. And then you start making excuses. These guys ain't saved anyway, so they ain't going to hear nothing I got to say. How many you know God don't care about your excuses? Amen. So my barber had me back in the chair, and he had put the wet towel, and he was shaving me. And uh, we're going to get into this lesson. But uh, one of the brothers, oh, I had to stand up on this one. He said, yeah, you know, they, they said Mr. Harvey makes his money because he always gives these people advice. And one of the men says, yeah, that's how the preacher does it, too. Mighty Mouse to save the day. No, we're getting ready to be Superman now, baby. We're going to talk about this thing because I ain't say nothing. He didn't know who I was, so I knew that was definitely a trigger. 
He didn't know me. I didn't know him. And I didn't say nothing to none of the brothers in the room. So uh, he said, yeah, that's what preachers do, too. You know, they make their money because, you know, they just come and say da 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 da. And he was one of the ones who agreed uh, that you should live together. This, this gentleman happened to not be married. Amen. And he was about 50. Amen. Not married. Amen. But uh, kept on talking. And so I said, well, I'm one of those pastors. Sure did. I said, I'm a pastor. I said, and the truth is, no, I, I, I got men and women in my church. I said, I don't just have, because he said it's just a bunch of weak women in the church. I said, no, I don't just have weak women laden with sin. Amen. I said, in fact, my ladies are solid and my men are solid. And I said, and by the way, you should not live together before you get married because that sin. Then I hit them with the research and over 50 percent of marriages. Amen. Where people live together before marriage actually end in divorce. Amen. So even if we come outside of the Bible, come on, let's talk data. Then we got in the data, oh my God, and how about the greater percentage, amen, of HIV cases? Woo, Jesus, we going in now. Come as a direct result of this phenom. How many of you know I got a lot of friends after that? Didn't nobody say nothing else? My barber has my church cars on his window. Y'all know that big window where you can tuck stuff in? How about after that, we started handing out some church cards, talking about y'all come to the men's conference later on so you can get more. Amen. Amen. So it all comes down to understanding the impact. And I told those brothers, I said, and that's the problem. I said, all this living together and test driving it. I said, how many men, when I tell you we took control over that barbershop, I said, how many of you men in here got daughters? Let's come out of the data for a second. And oh, we went there, and I used this exact language. I said, how many of y'all would be okay with him flipping it, rubbing it down with your baby girl? What's up? You okay with that? Because I know for my baby girl, there's something called guns. Plural. Terminator style. Boom, boom, boom. Run out of bullets there. Boom, boom. I mean, we going. Then I got one in my shoe. I mean, I'm, oh my gosh. Every, every one. What's up? So if you're okay with the test drive, amen, what's good for one must be good for yours. But you know where they got those foolish ideologies from? One man. Hallelujah. Down through the course of history, one man. And I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy it on Sunday. Don't miss it. We're going to talk about how to love a black man. You're going to enjoy that lesson. We'll talk about that later and love men in general. But uh, y'all, one man, one man did this, y'all. One man messed mess folk up. White people, black people, Hispanic people, on and on. Y'all, do you know one man wore an ear, earring in his ear first? On the left side. Because they used to say it was gay to wear it on the right side. How many of y'all remember that? Oh, I'm preaching good. But one man had to do that first. One man had to say that I'm going to wear that which pertains to a woman. Amen. And then all of a sudden, it caught on as a trend. 
This is why I have no problem calling out the young basketball players that do press conference with pocketbooks. Are y'all getting this? And man bags. And then get up and leave the press conference with an attitude like a woman. Don't no man walk out of nothing like that. Man, if you a man, turn a table over. Roar! Do something manly. Knock a microphone over. At least go back to the days of Run DMC and throw something down. Be threatening. Come on, Dave. All that soft stuff. You ought to do something that make other men stand up. Security, stand up. You getting up walking out with a bag and... Oh, we're going to have man time this week, baby. Amen, amen, amen. All the men shout man up. One man. Then our young boys, oh, Lord, they see, oh, I guess I need one of those. Or, you know, they see Odell Beckham Jr.'s hair. I guess mine got to be orange and mohawk, too. And see, all this is true stuff. This is not defamation. These are men. These are men. LeBron James did have a bag and then came from out, outside the table and had a jacket on up here and shorts. Are you getting this? And what I'm about to say is not what LeBron James did, but I can't do it with my suit. For the record, don't no man wear no sports jacket and roll the sleeves up. You a doggone it man. Oh man, I don't care how hot it is outside. Don't no man roll no sleeves up on a suit. You're a man. That's what a woman does with her suit jacket. Women do that. Coming in the... Shucks. You're a man. Amen. And that's what we got to get back to is teaching manhood. There is a such thing as manhood. If you're in here and you're excited about manhood, come on, show America that there's still something left that love manhood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, Jesus. But one man, one, one man. Now, I want to show you something. We're going to get further into this thing. And, you know, the Bible says by one man. Everybody say one man. one man. Now, the text gives us two men. That means there are only two types of men. In the world, y'all, there are only how many types of men? Two types. You could guess a bad man and a good man. By one man's sin, sin and death got in the world. By one man's obedience... Who Jesus? Righteousness. We will be made in our made righteous. And there are only two types of men. In such case, Adam and Jesus. Amen. We call Jesus the second Adam. Amen. But uh, two types of men in this world. And brothers, tonight, I want you to understand you are only one of two types of men. You're either a good man or you're a bad man. Bottom line. Now, we all have variables. We all have things we're working on. Praise the Lord. But how many you know we're not working on whether or not we're going to work tomorrow? That's what a bad man does. 
Whether or not his wife going to have to figure out where the mortgage coming from this month. Because you got a house washing business that hadn't got off its feet yet and you only wash one house a quarter. You are what we call a bad man. You're a bad man because the truth is you could do that business and work somewhere during the day. And when you get off, go wash as many houses as you can find. Hallelujah. Go ask people to wash their house. And let me tell you something. And we, we, you're going to enjoy it on Sunday. And, and I'm not an expert on every culture. I told you it's only one race. But one of the things I got to take my hat off to my Hispanic brothers and sisters. Oh, my God. Brothers and sisters. When I tell you they will knock your door down, getting the next job. Hey, can I clean your gutters? Hey, can I put some gutter guards on it? Come on, somebody. That work ethic that's impeccable, no job is too low. Left a good brother this afternoon painting my deck. Good brother. Him and his son. Another good brother was there earlier this week. Him and his son working on my gutters. Teaching his son hard work. Coming back three and four times in a day. Not complaining about a thing. Can I offer you some water? No, I'm good. Are you in here, church? Amen. No, we're not making fun of anybody. How I many you know nobody's greater than anybody? But you best know that there are some cultural differences sometimes when I look at my brothers, amen, who send their wives, amen, out to catch the bus while they keep the car all day long, amen, and their wife gets on the number 34 bus to go to her job uptown and they still working on starting a business. And let me, let, lest I get uh, shot for being a generalist, everybody say not everybody. No, everybody doesn't fit this category. There's some good guys, especially in this church tonight. Good guys, hardworking, God-loving, God-fearing men. But the truth is, at a certain point, you do have to stop and you do have to start looking at some cultural norms and say, what's up? I mean, honestly, think about it. And I'm all over my notes. But who are our icons today? On a national level, I'm talking about people pronounced. Who do we have to look up to as that guy that I want to be when I grow up? We'll deal with that more on Sunday. But everybody say one man. man. Yeah, one man. I I want you to see this because there are two men, a bad man and a good man. And I showed you a lot of good men. And and then this is not a defamation tonight. In fact, I believe this brother apologized before his execution back in December 2015. But uh, will you please put the the, the picture up there, Mr. Tukey? Um, uh, This this gentleman uh, here uh, was was the founder, if you will, uh, of the Crips. Amen. And, And he was on death row back in 2015, has spent most of his life in prison. Uh, And this is Stanley Tukey Williams, amen, for education purposes. And and understand, again, our heart goes out to him and his family. And get this revelation, y'all, though. The man came back and apologized. He apologized for his impact on our young men. And yet understand that one man put this movement in effect. The Crips, one man, one man. 
Oh, my heart yearns and my heart bleeds. And you'll hear more about this on Sunday, but I'll give you a forecast. My God, just 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 not just the Crips alone. You can never measure the impact that he made in starting this one gang because there were other spillover gangs and then other young people who wanted to be in gangs. So did gang behavior, even though they weren't in gangs, still killed other young. So you can't even measure the impact of starting one gang. In fact, they say just the feud between the Bloods and the Crips, he started the Crips, the Bloods is his rival gang. Just the feud between those two gangs alone, according to the statistic, states that from the 70s till now, over 15,000 people have lost their lives in just the feud between the gangs. That does not account for the grocery store owners and the other people who were innocent bystanders. Y'all remember back in the 80s, they had drive-bys. Yeah, so we're not just me and the Crips are fighting, but uh, I got members, as a matter of fact, from, from Los Angeles. Uh, I won't call their name, and, and they can speak to this, but the, the drive-bys that occurred where young people, young people got sprayed up. So just the feud between those two gangs, 15,000. But what about all the people surrounding it and all the other spinoff evil organizations that came as a result of one man? I pray he's in heaven now. He was executed in 2015 through lethal injection. He begged Governor Schwarzenegger to pardon him, but he refused it. But how many you know God will still take a murderer to heaven? That's good news. But the reason why I show the picture tonight is I want you to see the impact. Everybody say of one man. There are only two types of men. You guys can take the picture down. Please come with me to Numbers 14, 18. Are you enjoying yourself tonight? Oh, I want you to be fulfilled through this conference. Numbers 14 and 18, look at this thing, man, because first look at the bad man. Look at the bad man. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving the iniquity and transgression. Watch this. He forgives. He forgives, but this part's not God's fault. But he by no means clears the guilty. And you got to read this text right. Visiting the sins or the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Now, a lot of people have used this text to endorse generational curses. That is not really the meaning of this text. In fact, Ezekiel clarified that uh, each man will be judged by his actions, by his own sins. So, I, you know, I'm not under what my dad did or my grandfather. However, you can decide to live out the curse that they lived out through their bad example or their bad model. And there is a such thing as familiar spirits in a family that will try to jump on you. Amen. Just like it jumped on them. But how many of you know Galatians chapter 3, we aren't under any curses. Curses he that's hung upon a tree. That's just a quick theology lesson. What this scripture means is, please put it in the NLT now. Because what this scripture really, really means is... Uh, 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 you guys at the right passage there? Numbers, yeah, numbers 14 and 18, please. Numbers 14 and 18. What the scripture really means is the Lord is uh, not, is slow to anger, filled with what? Unfailing love. And, and doesn't he forgive all kinds of sin? Somebody shout hallelujah for that. Hallelujah. 
but he does not excuse the guilty. Now, what does he do? Lays the sin of the parents upon the children. Here's the key that the entire family is affected. And that's what I want to deal with. See, most of us in this room tonight, you're dealing with the effects of the bad decisions of one man for generations before you. The effects. Now, I'm telling you, I don't care who you are and what your status is. Even thank God if you had two parents, y'all. The truth is, you ready for this? All of us was supposed to start out a man with a subsidized home. And a good chunk of change in the bank. No, true story. When Stephanie and I go to heaven, should the Lord delay his coming, my children will all have homes. And we're going to talk about that. But they'll all have homes that's paid for. That's the way it's supposed to be. They have some land that is it's as good as done. It comes with the territory. Y'all, every one of us was supposed to be set up. And I thank God William and Lily did the best they could, but they could not give me a free college education. Middle class working folk. They couldn't give me a house. But if you go back further enough, amen, the third and fourth generation up had some responsibilities to leave some things, come on, Boaz, in the field. Don't harvest everything. Leave some sheaves in the field. My grandparents did a good job. Yes, we got some land in South Carolina. Good for them. Leave some in the field. Amen. They'll never do anything with that land. They're in uh, heaven right now. But there ought to be, amen, an inheritance. But a bad man, because he got on drugs, amen, left your great, great, great grandmother to fend for herself in a time where people had 12 and 18 kids. So she was barely getting by, had to feed 15 kids off of 10 pieces of toast. Some of y'all know something about that. So by the time five of them was smart enough to get into college and the other six of them, because they couldn't get out of the country, had to go into the military. And ready for this, the military is great, but it's not for everybody. So they got in the military, which in some cases happens to be the bastion of sex and perversion on the barracks of the naval ship, picked up something, had more babies, got babies in the Philippines who now can't have a healthy start. The effects of great, 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 great granddad and grandmom visit future generations. And what does that mean, Pastor Gabe? You and I have a decision. Avery, we got a decision to make right now. Guys, when we are 24 and 25, not at 35 and 45, I got a decision right now. To be the kind of man that my kids can rely on, that my wife can sleep knowing everything is okay. Come on, somebody. To be the kind of man that represents God in society. Put this in your notes, please. It ought to be the goal of every man and woman to be an enigma. You know what an enigma is? Something that positively, in this case, does not fit in. 
and people can't explain you, Teresa. They can't put two and two together. They don't understand, Shantae, who you are, how you do what you do, because you totally rebut everything that the culture now represents. That ought to be our goal. And I'm not going to use myself as the example in every example tonight, but you better really, really hear this. You know, you ought to be that guy, oh my gosh, that, um, amen, one wife, amen, in a best case scenario, how many you know it's not going to happen in all cases? How, how about all of us made mistakes, some of us just didn't get caught? So how many know we can't claim perfection? But come on, come on, come on. If you hadn't had no kids yet, how about all your kids should come from? One wife. Let she die and go to heaven. And then don't let her die and go to heaven. Get her healed. So I recount that statement. Everybody say one wife. Because when people look at you, they ought not be able to explain what they see. They ought, to, they ought to be making generalizations, not understanding who or what you are. Because somehow, some way, you slip through the cracks of wicked. Everybody else fussing and cussing, doing women any kind of way. Everybody else wearing man bags. Everybody else, come on, post-redemption. Everybody say post-redemption. Everybody else post-redemption still getting tattoos. Your only tattoos came prior to getting saved. How many you know we're not going to let anybody leave condemned? Somebody say post-redemption. Post Amen. Post-meeting Jesus. You're making all these right decisions that the world just can't. <clears throat> Y'all, I'm telling you, when I go to these meetings with dignitaries and, and I sit down as a young, black, spirit-filled man with a Ph.D. and uh, awesome ministry, awesome thriving business, only got a wife, don't have nothing else. Even when I sit down to debate my enemies, they don't have any explanation for who I am and what I do. You become like that, you become God's secret weapon. Because he can shoot you in any corridor, and the folk have to stand down. Oh, shucks. There are only two types of men. A good man and a bad man. Some of us still dealing with the effects. Let me take my time. The effects of, 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 of the first time you saw pornography was when your uncle and father was watching it and didn't know you were still up from a nap. Which introduced you to perversion. That was your sex education. I know I'm doing good tonight. That was your sex. That was your, that was instead of a good bird bees conversation, that was your orientation by fire. Where you then had to leave that TV screen and say to yourself internally, what did I just see? I can't even process that at 13. When my hormones are raging anyway. Oh, this is so good. Let me preach to my people. How about aunts? You need to stop wearing Daisy Dukes around your 11-year-old nephew. You don't need to wear them anyway for the record. But it's Thanksgiving time and he coming over and, you know, you got the big, big hips and all that kind of stuff. And he trying to reconcile his drive. And you got nerve to comically come and sit on his lap? Right. Oh, you growing up. That's our people. 
That's our people, one-on-one. -on -one. The effects of one man. The uncles that's perverted at the family picnic around the burgers like in a young lady that's 6, 17. Y'all, let me let you in on a secret. A 17-year-old ain't never done anything for me, adulthood. Even on a bad day. You're 17. You're not even biologically fit for the next stage of life. 17-year-old come walking by. She don't even got to be provocative. She just managing her own business. But those old rusty behind uncles, woo, girl, you developing, ain't you? The effects. One man. Now when other men talk to her like that, her susceptibility to foolishness is at an all-time high. Gabe, you talking tonight. Yeah, the effects of one man. While we on the bad man, please write this in your notes. There are four major conditions impacting men today. Only four major conditions impacting men today. Don't worry, we're going to get to the good man. But four major conditions impacting men today. Number one, confusion. Confusion is a, con a decision uh, or, or, or a condition. Colossians 2 and 8. You know, beware lest any man spoil you with vain philosophies. Oh, my God, the Hebrew Israelite doctrine, the, the Islam, the Muslims, the, oh, my goodness. And, and another one that flies under the radar because everybody thinks it's a church, the house of prayer. Amen. And all these other vain philosophies that got our brothers jacked up. And may I suggest, brother, that you just stick with the word. Just stick with God's precepts. Did you know, ready for this, some questions weren't meant to be answered now? Well, why, if the Bible's so accurate, how come he gave it to just 45 men? Because that's what he wanted to do. And we try to answer those questions, and you just get into more. And you, look, here's what the word says. Paul said, avoid foolish conversations. And that barbershop, when I made my point, if you think I was going to stay there an extra hour, and they didn't debate me, they stood down. But if you think I was going to stay there an extra hour to go back and forth on why a man should have premarital sex. One dude actually admitted it. He said, Pastor, you know what? You're right. The only reason why we made this comment is because we in the flesh. I said, you got it. I said, bro, you nailed it. Home run. Right. Confusion. Amen. Which is a good lead into the second condition. Our men are bound by sexual conditions. Y'all, put it all under the same bracket. You can go A, B, and C. How about uh, lascivious sex with multiple women? How about pornography, B, pornography and magazines? I don't think we do magazines anymore, but all the porn that you can get is free. But then letter C, homosexuality. That's the problem with our athletic icons wearing man bags. If for no other reason, even if you're not a homosexual, one reason why we don't need you to wear one of those right now is Leviticus is so clear. We just need to put a difference. We just need to make it clear. You know, I got some bracelets at home, but my bracelets are real manly, y'all. Like, I don't want a bracelet that can cross over that my wife can also wear. We got to put a difference. Can I hold your, your pearl bangle for a second? You know, I bought my wife this for our anniversary, maybe. You know, and man. 
I'm not even going to try. Because that's real gay. You know, you got to be careful because you don't want to defame anybody. You know, I, I can't say he's gay, but I can say that's gay. All our gospel music artists that get on the stage, amen, and direct choirs with pink suits on, I cannot say, come on, that he's gay. But I can definitely tell you that's gay. All my suits are gray, blue, black. Come on, somebody. I, I've been stepping out lately with some plaid, but how about I don't have nothing in my wife's color regimen? We don't match. And that's our climate, though. I want you to go down to Atlanta and walk through some of the high-class malls. Won't say many names, but the next time you go down there, if you're there on business, find five righteous men. Five that you can look at and say, now that brother is strong and hard. Find five. You can't. Because that's the plight of our people. Young ladies, as pretty as they be, can be, can meet one of our young men, and they got to guess. They got to figure it out. They got to stand back and watch his mannerisms. And how many you know, over time, he going to give it away. i tell you how you find out. Take him to the Mac store with you. He start talking about special colors, and ooh, that just runs. I like that. My wife told me about some smoky brows or something one time. I said, girl, smoky what? <laughs> How about I hold the jackets in the Mac store? What's the third major condition impacting men today? I'm not trying to be mean. It's, it's just the truth. Addicted to substances. Our men are on weed. Cannabis. Alcohol. Cigarettes. Substances, A, B, C, you know, they don't have to worry about the legalization of stuff with, you know, and, and you have time, Revelation calls it sorcery. I'll teach on that one day. Sorcery, sorcery. It's, it's hilarious how the alcohol store, the ABC store is actually called the spirit shop. You drink spirits. You act out of character. When you get drunk, a whole lot of people are six feet under today because they got drunk and start jawing at the wrong person who didn't have the wasn't in the mood. Not today. They just they had a bad day. They was not in the mood. Pow. Yeah. Amen. So substances. But then I like number four. What's the fourth condition impacting our men? Pastor Gabe lacking initiative. Y'all, that is a condition. If I had my way, I'd put it in the DSM. Lacking initiative. It takes our brothers too long to make up their mind, get up, and go. And I'm telling you now, I'm not indicting men tonight. I'm careful how I talk to men. But you better hear this, brothers. Your wife leading you everywhere. She's the push to get you to Christian education. She's the push to get you pre-qualified for your house. She's the push to get you to save a few dollars. Lacking initiative. 
to my young man, she got to fill out your financial aid form. She got to fill out everything. Mama got to do everything. And mothers, you better hear this. I know we got a lot of single moms in here. No, you, you, you let that young man take some initiative over his future. You know what's so powerful? Guys, you'll love this. You're going to college, you'll like this. When I went to college, I'll tell you what was, what was amazing. My parents was helping me a little bit. I still had to get some loans and things like that. They were trying their best to help me, let me borrow a car and all that kind of good stuff. But um, I got to a place within my first semester. Dave, Sean, you guys are here. You can endorse this. Within the first semester of the year, I made up in my mind that my parents would no longer subsidize my education. They will not. They will not pay for my living quarters on the dorm. I will not get loans, all this kind of stuff. I'll tell you what I, what I decided to do, young men. This will bless you so good. I said, God gave me a talent. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to go out here and play at as many churches that will allow. And I'm going to play that organ, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to make my little money. And I found me a little studio apartment. That's when North Tryon had studios. Dave, you remember that studio? Yeah, studio apartment. Man paid my four, five, six hundred dollars a month, was satisfied that the kitchen was in the living room. <laughs> Come on, but what's the point? Self-sufficient, Lisa. Right. That's how you groom men. Right. Stop putting gas in their car. So Don't help them so much. Yeah. Don't give them everything, even if you have everything. Let them work up into something. Uh -huh. Hallelujah. Let them earn something. My young boys are learning that right now. They got to help me get groceries out of the car. Christian is amazing at this. That's a strong young man. But sometimes he don't feel like doing it. He'll fake like it's too heavy. <laughs> oh, daddy, it's so heavy. He just don't feel like lifting groceries. But I tell you what, if he want that ice cream sandwich, he better get them groceries. Our men lacking initiative. Amen. Why is the statistic, the statistic excuse me, that 80%, not KCC, but 80% of most churches are women? You know, we're probably more like 60, 40 here. But 80%, 65, 35 maybe, 80% are women leading everything? How about in a men's conference, we could not dare say men are going to do everything? We'd have been in trouble. Our brothers went up there talking about myself, oh, 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 I stand amazed in your presence. I stand amazed. Pastor, I can't sing, but I'll do it. No, you better let them ladies get that till we grow. Get some brothers filled with the Holy Ghost that can sing. Amen. Two criteria to being on a praise team. Number one, filled with the Holy Ghost. But number two, you can sing. Look, I'm telling me God looks at the heart. But we hear what you're saying. Amen. We hear what you're saying. Amen. We don't look at the heart. You know what I just said? That's right. That's powerful revelation right there, even for a brother. Do what you're good at. That's revelatory. Amen. I know you're laughing, but I'm so serious. What are, what are, what are you good at? 
You know, they're jacking up the accounting system because you just, you got to be the one handling the household finances. Amen. If your wife is good at QuickBooks, come on somebody. Just manage it. But let her do the QuickBooks. Because that's what she's good at. Man, I'm preaching slow tonight. I, don't, I, I hope this is blessing somebody. So there are only two types of men, a good man and a bad man. You got time? Let's look at the good man. This will set us up for Sunday because we're going to build some men up in here on Sunday. At this church, we don't tear men down. We just challenge them. Amen. I'm challenging you tonight. Sunday, I'm going to build you up. I'm challenging you tonight, though. Four major conditions. Confusion, sexual conditions, addicted to substance, and lacking initiative. And we don't need any of that. Amen. But there's a good man. There's a good man. Go over to Proverbs 13 and 22. And, and, and how is a good man determined? According to the text tonight, by a person's action, by one man's obedience, by one man's disobedience. Amen. That's back in Romans. What, by your actions. That's what determines if you're a good man or a bad man. What you do. He will eat the fruit of his doings. Your actions. Heart means something, but it doesn't mean everything. Actions. Love is an action word. Amen. When you are a good man, how many of you stay in your kid's life? You stay in their life. This is for life. Gabe has a mentor relationship with me for life. Amen. Through the good and the bad. For life. That's what good men do. Amen. Proverbs 13, 22. One reason why we got so many people with unforgiveness issues is folk have given them stuff to not forgive. You weren't there. You harmed me. My first chorus concert, I thought you were going to come to that. You didn't make it. Amen. A good man is there. Proverbs 13, 22 says, a good man does what? Inheritance to who? His grandchildren. His grandchildren. Don't worry about the wealth of the sinner that's stored up for the righteous. Isn't it amazing how so many people quote that and skip over the A clause? Wealth of the sinner stored up for the righteous is accurate, and you can continue to quote it. We're not talking about wealth tonight, though. We're talking about a good man that leaves an inheritance for his children. What do good men do? They leave something for their grands. If you're writing, it's not just my obligation to take care of my generation. I have a direct responsibility to take care of the next. Yeah, a good man leaves an inheritance for his Children's children. Amen. This is so good, church. And if you're to leave an inheritance for your children's children, and I'm, I'm working to a close soon. There's only one, three, three primary roles then that a father slash man must play in the lives of their children. If you're not married yet, this is good for, for you to prepare for. If you're married, I pray that this will sure you up. But three primary roles a father plays in the lives of his children or family. Number one, prayer. Prayer. He is the spiritual lead in all things, if you're writing. Number one, prayer. You're the spiritual lead in all things. A man ought to be the spiritual lead in how many things? We're going to give you three pre P's. Three, three primary roles a man slash father plays in the lives of his children and family. Not just his kids. How many of you know we're to cover our wives? The Bible says to cleanse her through the washing of the water of the word. We'll talk about that later. But we are there to cover our wives. 
They get anxieties. They get moments to where maybe they're having a carnal moment, whatever the case may be. It is through your husband. You band things together. Amen. Through your husband, through your prayer life. Amen. That you are able to shore your wife up in her weaknesses. That is the ideal situation. Amen. He is the spiritual lead in all things. Crisis hit your house. Amen. How many of you know you're the first up? And the last down. Because you are the spiritual lead in how many things? All things. Number two, we are there to protect. Three P's. Protect. Clearly stated, stand between the family and harm. Men protect. You know, I told you about this whole patio painting stuff and there was a small discrepancy in, in, in what the man thought we agreed to and what he thought and all that kind of good stuff. And um, we, we, we were out there. My mother was over the house uh, out there on the patio. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> the man just kept saying the same thing over and over again, which was which was not accurate. And, and um, then, you know, I was standing there listening and explaining. And then my wife chimed in and, and she had a right to. Uh, she chimed in and said her piece, but then the man said something, and he wasn't disrespectful, but he said something back to further explain, and uh, this is not a controlling relationship, uh, but my wife was getting ready to chime in again, and the next step was, I got it. See, when you're doing business, you do it with the other man. She didn't mean any harm. He didn't have any ill will towards her, but the truth is, we're talking. We're talking. Every vehicle we've ever bought, we're talking. It's hilarious. My wife says, dear, I get so nervous when we go down to these vehicle places. Can I just leave the office? Last thing she told me, last time we bought one. In fact, when I picked it up, the Martins happened to be there. She wasn't there. She was just, you know, because she know we're going to have it. Me and that salesman, Sean, we going in. Amen. I went the last time we bought a car, I said, now, brother, I'm going to be honest with you. I know you're not the decision maker. So let's just establish that right away. I'm going to give you two chances to talk to your sales manager. I'm not staying here all day. I got the money. I'm buying a car from somebody today. It's up to you as to whether or not you want to help navigate this process, and I'll be doing all the talking. Amen. And my wife sat in the corner, Lord Jesus, oh, God. But there, and as soon as he walked up, there, you think we ought to take that one? No! We're not. Amen. He came back twice with the wrong deal. I said, all right, everybody stand up. All rise. Thank you very much. This has been great. I told you you had two chances. I'm leaving. That's man, Pastor. That's harsh. Well, I tell you what, I got that car below MSRP. Amen, amen. I hope I'm not boring you tonight. Yeah. No, men are there to protect. It's a warranty issue. How about that? Do you know the whole issue with the Shunammite woman? Go back to Sunday's message. Where was the husband with this dead child in the house? The woman going to get the healer and do all that kind of stuff. And the husband talking about, is it a new moon? What you going to get Elijah for? What just happened? Clueless. Clueless. Men ought to have been leaving that, that ship. He should have been the one out front. In fact, you ready for an honor point? She shouldn't have been the one saying, let's build a leaf on the house for another man. 
he should have been the one saying, this mighty man of God has been awesome. Let's build a leaf. You ready for the lesson in that? Never be threatened by a man greater than you that's blessing your life. Where was he in that conversation? Oh, this is revelatory tonight. Never be threatened by that. There's some men greater than me. Praise the Lord. And I thank them. And I, and, I, and I bring my seed when I talk to them because I thank God for what they're getting ready to impart in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. So men do what? They protect. But then number three, men align purpose. Prayer, protect, and purpose. That is, they align the purpose of their children specifically. Your kids get your perfect from you, purpose from you, brother. Come on, we got, we got seven minutes. Can we milk it tonight, church? Amen. Come on, let's do it. Come on. Go to Exodus 12 and 1. Come on, real fast, real fast. We got time. Come on. Hallelujah. Purpose. Men align the purpose of their children. Where your son going to get his purpose? From you. It is a father that shows a young man what he's supposed to be doing. Cain and Abel both worked on the farm. <laughs> Are y'all getting this? But their dad was a farmer. Amen. Amen. Fathers groom that. You know, you think one of my sons might be a pastor? What you think? <laughs> I think one might be. Maybe three. I know one is a musician because we got dents on all of our furniture. <laughs> yeah, you look at them perking up. That brother had drumsticks. We had to take it away and give him straws. So all of our good furniture is danged up. How many you know we need that marker from Haverty's now <laughs> to get everything back right? That brother's a musician. Well, his great-great-grandfather was a musician. His dad is a musician. His uncle's a musician. Amen. There's some people around him that play some instruments. Amen. Let's go to uh, Exodus 12 and 1. Now, first of all, notice that God is talking to a man. Who's he talking to in this text? Men. He's talking to men. Now, the Lord spoke to who? Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. The word came through the men. This does not mean that a woman can't get a word from the Lord. But I am too through with churches where there are no men on the post. If that's your flavor, amen, praise the Lord. And I'm not against women in ministry, so don't hear that the wrong way. But where are the men? In fact, I'm going to realign some things in this ministry. How about we need some men, and some brothers are really coming now, but we need men leading intercession. Our sisters do a great job crying out to the Lord, but we need some consistent brothers. Amen. amen. God spoke to the, the men. Jump down to verse number two, six. Amen. The man must do what? Now you shall keep it. He had to care for the lamb. You shall keep the lamb until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel should kill it. Just to put some context on it, because I'm almost out of time, I'm skipping around. This was, this was the Passover. This was uh, men who ultimately had to put the blood on the doorpost. And God says to the men, amen, that you guys need to go down there, speak to the congregation, and tell everybody to take a lamb. An unblemished lamb. Amen. And take that lamb and you guys keep it. Which means the man was the maintenance guy. The man took care of business. You keep the sheep. You got to come up in the spirit to get that revelation. No, you keep the house. You keep things. 
Amen. You keep it. You keep the sheep. You, you manage it. And they really wanted the people to become connected to the sheep on purpose. You be passionate about how you do your work. Let your emotions be tied to that sheep. Let the men keep the sheep. Take care of the lamb. And look at verse number seven. Everybody say protection. And they shall take some of the blood and do what? Put it on two doorposts on the lintel of the houses where they eat. What was the blood there for? That's why we plead the blood of Jesus. Three P's. Prayer, protection, purpose. Well, the blood was there to protect the home. The man puts the blood on the doorpost and protects the home. You protect the home. You stand between the home and disaster. Oh, this is good stuff right now. And look at then just men being gainfully suited and ready for battle. Go down to verse number 11 through 13 and how men are always on posts and, and men are dressed. And he says, thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, staff in your hands. So shall you eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. He tells them, you're going to have to eat that lamb. Go to verse number 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and I'll strike Amen. All the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, uh, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute what? Judgment. Sins of the father visit the second and third generations. I am the Lord. Judgment in your home is a direct result of what you do or don't do. The deaf angel gets in your house because you're not on your post. Molestation should not happen in your home during the Thanksgiving dinner because you are not a watchman making sure that all the young people have their tails downstairs. You're aware. Nothing gets past me and my, oh my God, my kids can turn a Netflix on, turn it off. <laughs> Something I don't know what's going to turn it off. My spirit don't agree with that. Turn that off. All right, where, where's Gabe? Where's Lauren? My spirit will perk up. I can be outside cooking out. I know who comes over. Family or no family. And how many of you know we got some people in our family with issues who are welcome to come to our house, amen, in proper context as long as they're respectful. But how about if you got a nephew, amen, that's got a little extra on him. He don't need to play with your son on some video games in their room while y'all sit downstairs and have dessert because you don't feel like the responsibility of keeping up with your eight-year-old. How many of us lost our virginity in the basement because our parents weren't aware? Good parents, but down in the basement doing something and they had no idea what was happening. Because you're tired. No, a good man puts the blood on the doorpost. And look at verse number 13. We're closing this thing out. The blood on the houses where you are staying will distinguish you. Oh, my God. It'll be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see your prayer life, when I see your diligence, I'm going to pass over. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. All the cows were dying for the Egyptians, but Israel's cows stayed alive. 
the Egyptians' babies were dying. But Israel's babies stay alive. And how many of you know we live in Goshen? No evil comes nigh our dwelling. But it's because, Melvin, we're praying, men. We go to, you ready for this endorsement? We go to coffee in the Bible. We go to spirit-filled men. We take out every opportunity to get in the word. We, we do Wednesday fast time. You know, this word isn't even controversial for spiritual people. Like when I was talking about man bags and homosexuality, you know what you were saying to yourself, Pastor? You can move on from that point. Because if you're spiritual and not carnal, that didn't push you back. So men, men are on it with that. Men, men are just like, nah, we're not doing that. I don't care what the world doing. We got the blood on our doorposts. I didn't have time to dissect that whole text, but the Bible says that as, as they ate the lamb, they were fully dressed. How many of you know men are on guard? They were fully dressed. They were ready for action. There's a posture we have as men. I've been running, running, running. Oh, my God, I'm ready for that vacation. Those things that, that, that I know will be coming sooner than later. But, y'all, I'm telling you, no, no, no. This week during this conference... Church, we just had church anniversary. Are you here, church? Amen. We just had women's film. It's been one thing after another. And watch this. Then you had to deal with some issues along the way. But men, you you don't got no time to be over there. Lord, what are we going to do? You better saddle up. I say you better saddle up. I told one of my patients recently who was battling what might be PTSD at the counseling practice. They'll be nameless. Um, but um, I told her, I said, you know, right now is really not the time for you to be too emotional with what's going on in your life because you're still in the fight. See, when we get through the fight, we can come home from Saudi Arabia and get love back to life. But when I'm on the battlefield, we got to go. So while you're getting through this difficult transition in your life, this hard space, no, you got to fight. You got to pick it up. Solid men know how to put everything in his bucket. No, ladies too, know when to do what. How about if you're working on your master's degree, you might stay up to 2 a.m.? Why? Because you're in that season. Amen. It won't be that way always. If you're in a special season of grooming your kids, I have been to so many chorus concerts. Oh, my God. And all of them are corny. You know, the music teacher comes out tonight. We will be doing a rendition of some jazz. Then my wife and mother-in-law always want to be on the front row. So we got to be there before the doors open. It doesn't start at the 6. Let's get there at 545. All the seats are good. It's an elementary school gym. There's no bad seat. <laughs> and we were on the front row. True story. And how about when you're saving seats, you just ought not let your two-year-old have his own seat when everybody else trying to get a doggone seat. 
taking full advantage of the opportunity. Are you getting this? But no, men have to take off. They got to fly home early. That's what men do. Are you in here, church? Men create purpose in their kids. And my sweet daughter sung her solo at that. Oh, my God. And you know what? She auditioned for the part. She got the part. And so we built her up during the audition phase. And then we came around and built her up on the back end. No, men, you vet purpose in your kids. I told you about Stephen and his music. Oh, you want to get him to calm down? Go over to the piano and start playing songs. He'll run in that living room, take his straws, and play with you as long as you'll play. And if you try to get up, he'll say, oh, good, thanks. You got to play something else. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Is he? He got his little drum set. Oh, yeah. He's not playing. He get up, he'll get attitude. Amen. You got to vet that in your kids. Vet their purpose. You know, Lauren knows she's a future doctor. You know, God showed it to me by the spirit. Well, this was so timely it, today, you know, and she had this app on her computer, but she started playing with it today. Will you guys put the picture up? I'm closing. I've held the people long enough tonight. But this is Lauren on our island performing emergency heart surgery. Yeah. She's got an app where she performs certain surgeries. She had to give, do some agina stuff earlier, angina. And that was, no, that's the heart surgery. She had, to, she had to crack open the ribs and get to the heart and do some cleanup and stitches. The one before that was her handling food poisoning for one of her patients that got food poisoning. That's what she was doing on her free time today. And I sat right next to her, and she, 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 she had to steady her hand with the mouse. <laughs> Vet that purpose in her. Tell her how awesome of a doctor she is. Because one day she's going to go to medical school, and she's going to be in the minority. Like her dad, she's going to be the only one. But she's going to have to be the best. She can't be on the floor. Daddy, I can, so what do you think I should do here? And oh, she was smart. She starts, she, they got tools you can pick on it. She picked all the right tools, scrubbed down, opened the man's chest up, and, and did emergency heart surgery. Amen. Amen. We create purpose in our children. This day is going to come when my sweet daughter comes to church with her husband, and I'll let her get married. <laughs> and it won't be 45. I've gotten over that. But her and her husband come to church, and I don't know where they'll be living. I'm closing. She's going to come, and I'm going to say, girl, how you been doing? Oh, dad, I've been doing great. I just had, you know how them doctors talk. I have had so many surgeries as of late. I just, <laughs> I just had a lot of surgeries. And I am just tired. You know, and you can look at them and tell they got a lot of money. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They drive the Honda Civic. We going home now. Amen. No extravagant, to, you know, but they don't have no car payment. You better go on down near the hospital and go under that parking deck and look at the physician parking. Come on, y'all. Shavar ready to go. All right. 
We done. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm just teasing him. I'm teasing him. Oh, you put purpose in your kids. Gabe's my future preacher. He knows that. And businessman. We talk business 